SOSG standing on solid ground. Hello, this is Kim Jones with Standing on Solid Ground. I am the host of this motivational and inspirational podcast. In today's layer, I will be speaking on peace. Now, in my second episode, I began with faith. My next layer was patience. My next, hope, obedience, experience, endurance. And today, I am going to speak on peace. I'm going to begin with this scripture. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. John 16 and 33. The next one I would like to read is peace. I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, with peace, it, it has many spectru- spectrums with me. I can say my inner peace. I can say peace around me. I can have peace of mind. And I can make peace with something or someone. Uh, one of my descriptions or one of my examples that I would like to speak about In January of 2012, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, a neurological disease that is very crippling and they have told me that it's non-curable. Now in God's hands, I believe all things are curable and I believe that no matter what, I can be cured of this if it's God's will for me to be cured with it. Well, during the time that I was being diagnosed or was going through the process of trying to find out what was going on, I lost feeling in both my legs, my feet. I lost feeling in my upper, around my waist, in my hip areas. And I did not know what was going on. I did not know why I was having so many issues. I was struggling walking. I was struggling just getting up out of bed, let alone going to the restroom or going to fix me something to eat. And it kept me down for about four or five months until they finally were able to diagnose me and tell me exactly what was wrong. Well, at the beginning, I didn't have any idea what I was in for. I didn't have any idea what my next steps were going to be. I received my medication and they came by to instruct me how to take my uh, medication. And I didn't like the medication. The medication caused me to be groggy. It caused me to be mean. I lost emotion. I didn't have any reason to smile anymore. And so I asked the doctors and I, you know, was there anything else because I just did not like that medicine. 
Well, they were persistent in telling me that I needed to take this medicine. And I prayed about it and I asked God about it um, to remove the disease from me or to remove the drugs from me. I didn't want to take that medication. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I didn't like the way I was. I, my personality changed. Well, as time went on, I slowly winged myself. Now, I do not encourage this for anybody out there to do this. I did this with the grace of God and with prayer. I did this with a lot of prayer. And I took that up on myself to stop taking the medicine because I just did not like the way that it made me feel. Well, I still struggle even today. Uh, with rock walking, um, I can stumble and fall or I can trip over something. And it's sad and embarrassing all at the same time. But at some point in my life during this process, almost nine years ago of being diagnosed with this, I found peace with it. I realized that God will remove it if he wants to remove it, if it's his will to remove it, or it may be a testimony for me to tell to someone else along the way. Now, I have gone to a neurologist. I have several MRIs done. And the one thing that my neurologist had told me the last time that I spoke with her, and she asked me, she said, how long has it been since you've taken that medicine? And I told her, she said, well, I don't see any new lesions, um, so I'm not going to prescribe you anything. I'm, I'm going to let you go and do what you've been doing, but I will keep an eye out on that because I don't want things to all of a sudden appear and we don't address it. Well, a year later after that, I did go back for another MRI, and she stated that there were they were some concerns, but I didn't get to see her. I did go to the doctor to um, find out what was going on, and she wasn't able to see me. And from that point, I have been looking for a new neurologist because I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I kept myself in prayer and I asked the Lord just to touch me and to keep me mobile. I refused to use um, a cane because I don't want to count on that cane to keep me mobile. I want to count on God to keep me noble, to keep me mobile and to keep me going um, in a positive direction. I made peace with the fact that I can't do some of the things that I used to do. Climbing stairs is difficult for me, but I climb them. Walking is difficult for me at times, but I keep walking. I don't get mad at anybody. I don't get mad at God. I don't get mad at myself. I don't get mad at the disease. I just say, well, I got to make peace with this. If this is my new normal, then I must accept it and do the best that I know how to do to make it from day to day. And I have, and God has kept me along the way. That's one part of having peace. 
Another part of having peace or making peace was when in 2019, my father became very, very ill and he had to be put in the hospital. Well, he went to the hospital on March the 15th, 2019, and he did not get checked out of the hospital until April 13th, 2019. Um, the sad thing about it is that I was slowly watching my father pass away, and I didn't want to let him go. I didn't want him to let him go because he was my only living parent. He was my only source of refuge when it came to getting advice, when it came to getting help, when it just came to just spending time with someone or talking to someone. He was my refuge. He was my, my life. I mean, I looked up to my dad and, and he and I, we've had our struggles. We had our arguments, we've had our disagreements, we had the whole nine yards just like any mother, uh, father and daughter or mother and father would do between them over the children or between father and daughter when it's in a disagreement with some of the things I was doing or some of the decisions that I was making. Well, during that time, um, he came home because he was ready to come home. He told the doctors he was ready to come home and he came home and I cared for him those few days that he had remaining on this earth. And I didn't want to let him go. I prayed and prayed and prayed and I asked God, please let him live, let him live, let him come through this. Let Can I keep him just a little while longer? And God told me, you can't pray against his will. And I heard that very clear. You cannot pray against his will. He is ready to go. And so as I listened, he said, and you cannot pray against my will. My will is for me to bring him home. And at that point, I had to make peace with that. I had to make peace with that when I had to tell my father that I love you so much that I don't want to let you go, but I love you even more to let you go because I don't want you to suffer anymore. That was the hardest thing in my life other than telling God if, if you have to take my daughter then don't let me travel all the way to another city to let her die. If you must take her, take her now. That was hard for me. But to tell God, I'm sorry for praying against your will. And to apologize to my father and telling him I, I, I apologize for praying against his will. I love you but I love you enough to let you go. And I made peace with that to know that he's gonna be okay. And I remember walking on the side of his bed and I held his hand and I told him, Daddy, you can let go. I'll be okay. The kids and I will be okay. Our, my brothers and their kids, we all are going to be just fine. It's okay, you can let go now. And 
I know that it wasn't long after, I believe it was the next day, if I'm not mistaken, it was the next day that he left, um, that he just slipped away. He let us, he let me know it was time for him to go. And all I could do was hold his hand and just watch him slip away. That is a very hard situation, but it was peaceful. He was happy. He was free. And when you begin to make peace with things, whether it's personally with yourself or involves another human being, make peace with that. Whatever decision that you have, I know that God has been blamed for a lot of deaths. God has been blamed for a lot that has happened. And I know that many people are mad at God. I understand. But when I have to sit back and look at it, he's the one that's in control. He's the one in charge. I'm not in charge of anything. I didn't create anything. I didn't separate the land from the water or put the moon and the stars in the sky. I didn't do any of that. So I can't blame him for taking him. I just thank him for giving me 50 years with him or almost 50 years at the time I was 49 years old when he passed away and he gave me almost 50 years with my dad and I appreciate it even though we argued even though he was mad at me a lot but he loved me and I loved him even though he did some things or said some things that was kind of mean but he was still my father and I would never trade I wouldn't trade him in any of the memories or anything for the world I really wouldn't so when making peace with something it can be difficult it, it can be difficult and sometimes along with that peace comes forgiveness and that will be my next layer in my solid ground, forgiveness. But right now, I'm going to just focus on peace. What makes you peaceful? What is troubling you on the inside that you can't find peace? These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves. Is it things that our children are doing that we are not at peace is it something at our jobs that's happening that we're not at peace? Is it something within our marriages or within our relationships that we cannot have peace? What exactly is it? And then once we find out what, where we're not having peace, we need to learn how to make peace with the situation. If someone is not going to forgive you for something that you said or done 50 or 55 years ago and they're still hanging on to it, you got to make peace with that. You got to let it go. If they're going to hold it against you, there's nothing that you will be able to do to rectify that problem. All you can do is pray for them and keep moving. And yes, you pray for your enemy. You pray for those that are against you. I do. I pray for them all the time. Because it's better for me to pray for them than to argue with them. I don't want to argue with them. 
I have one more example where I had a next door neighbor. It was nothing but chaos next door. Sometimes I think that they were fighting. They were throwing each other against walls. And it was just all kind of chaos over there. And I began to pray. I began to reach out to the Father in prayer. And I prayed for that household. And I prayed for whatever was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't want to know. All I wanted was them to be quiet, to, to calm down. And 3 o'clock in the morning, they would come in slamming doors and hollering and yelling at each other and cussing out each other. It was terrible. One day, I was sitting in the living room watching television. I was already in prayer, and I heard like a bunch of voices outside arguing, and it's still this next-door neighbor. It was so loud. I thought it was like 50 people outside. It was so loud. And they were arguing and fighting. And I just raised my hand and I said, peace be still. I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Peace be still. I come against you right now, Satan. Peace be still. And I kept saying it and I kept saying the louder they got, the, lot, the more intense my prayer became. Because I was not wanting a shootout. I was not wanting anyone getting hurt or getting killed or fighting. Well, as that, I continued to pray, I heard people getting in their cars, slamming doors, skidding off, you know, tires screeching. They were driving off. And before you know it, only heard one person out there. And that person was yelling at everybody else who had drove away. God may peace be still. And next thing I know, that person went on in their house and they were quiet the rest of the day. As of today, they have moved out. They have relocated somewhere else. And that house is, is um, waiting for a new tenant to move in. But God can make peace. It's all in the matter of how you are needing peace. Whether it's in your mind, in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, in your surroundings, in your neighborhood, in your home. Wherever that peace is needed, it can be found. And I am so thankful to God to see that his word is true. To see that his word is true. So this foundation, this ground that I am talking about, that I'm building with these layers, this is making my solid ground strong and the more layers I add the stronger this foundation or this ground is going to be I'm standing on these things because this is what's going to make me stronger this is what's going to make me powerful more steady to be able to stand against Satan and his demonic ways he's out there He's for real. He's de destroying this earth. He's destroying this world. But we as Christians or we as those in, in God and in Christ, we can stand together and band together and come against that old boy. And we can win. Where a thousand, one person can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Can you imagine if we have millions of people? Oh, we can put a whole lot of demons to flight. But as I 
close for today, my layer for today is peace. And I hope that you can find the peace that you're looking for in your life, in your relationships, in your home, in your job, all your surroundings. Let peace be with you. Let peace be still. This is Kim Jones for Standing on Solid Ground. Thank you so much for being with me today. And I hope that this has been a blessing to you. You have a safe and wonderful day.